Now it's up to the F&I department to pick up the slack because margins are shrinking. So dealers must pay attention to their F&I operations from the sky. They need to stand up in the sky yeah. and look down and get granular and really take a look at everything that they're doing from a process standpoint, an accountability standpoint, and most importantly, a coaching and mentoring standpoint. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. Yes, I said Buscast, not podcast. I have done podcasts in planes, trains, automobiles, and yachts, and I've never done one on a bus. We are here in Dallas, Texas. Um, with some amazing guests, we're going to get into some amazing content. But we are on Big Tex, the largest party bus in the country, which is so fitting. We're in, da- I mean, we're in Texas, right, guys? Like everything's, everything's bigger. bigger in Texas. Absolutely. You know, we're right outside of NADA 2023. Talk about sensory overload. I mean, I feel, I, I feel for the dealers here, but I'm impressed by the dealers here because you know they've really come with a plan. Some great questions, super engaged, you know, and we'll definitely jam a little bit about that. But before before we kind of get into our topics today, I love kicking off podcasts with little origin stories. A, because I'm always fascinated because I don't think anybody wakes up one day and goes, yeah, I'm going to be in the automotive industry. So here's what we're going to do. I'll let you introduce yourself and how you got started in the business. So, yeah, go ahead. So my name is Vitaly. Um, the way I got started is actually kind of interesting. The day after I graduated high school, you know, the summer in between high school and college, and my father told me the next day, he goes, you got a job interview at Grand Honda. And he uh, goes, dress nice and be ready. So <laughs> since that day, even going to school and everything, I, you know, the car business sucks you in. It does, it, it, It's really hard to escape it. Uh, so I spent 20 years in retail, and uh, when I hooked up with Adam, he sucked me out of the retail side and said, you know what? We can grow what you're doing into other dealerships, and we can help develop other stores, not just the ones you're in, but do it nationwide. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know what? I always kind of feel like that that scene from uh, Godfather, you know, like just when you think you're uh, I've tried suck me back. I, right? no, I, I tried. tried to leave a couple <laughs> times, too. Yeah, Adam, you try to leave. A I've tried. Times. It's, it's very difficult. <laughs> Adam, for yourself, man, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah. So by accident, I, I was working <laughs> in a restaurant and uh, the gentleman that owned the restaurant was in the car business and he decided to step away from the car business with his dreams of opening up an Italian restaurant with his wife. Well, I went away, I graduated high school, I went away to uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. I went down there with a good buddy of mine to kind of kick it and do what other 18 year olds do. Sure, of course. Um, so I get back in town a week later and uh, Gordon, uh, my my boss goes, hey, I got good news and bad news. I go, well, what's, what's the bad? He goes, we're closing the restaurant. Okay, I go, what's the good? He goes, you're coming with me to the dealership or you're gonna go sell cars. I was like, Sell cars. <laughs> Sell cars. Heck no. no. So when I ended up at the dealership, instead of getting into sales, I asked to be in the service department. So I started out as a porter. Okay. Uh, three, four months later after that, got my way into sales, then into F&I, and I've never looked back. So that's kind of how it, how it all started. Yeah, bit me. by the bug. Both of you guys got bit by the bug, huh? Just yeah. It was forced upon me, but you know what? Once it gets in your blood, it, it's there. there. There's no kick in it. <laughs> that's true. That's I true. would change it. I know you wouldn't, right? No. I know. I think there's a reason for that. You know, like I said, I've done over a thousand podcasts. All right, I have interviewed some amazing operators and I've visited some amazing dealerships. But I will say, everybody in the car business has just an element of chaos junkie. Oh yeah, like like we almost kind of just. 
we kind of enjoy putting ourselves through a little bit of pain. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's something DNA based. Anyways, I digress. But um, I can go scroll sometimes, guys. But um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> Those are nice shoes. Oh, my Those goodness. Nice shoes. Hey, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast, I can tell. Well, guys, let's 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 talk about 2023. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm saying this year is the year of focus. All right. Efficiency and optimization it's kind of it's look guys we've come off three years of the best and i mean it legitimately the best and highest profitable years we've ever had now it's kind of times like let's roll up those sleeves let's dust off that suit again right and let's get back to work but i'd love to kind of get your guys's perspective of how and how and where we need to focus our efforts for this year. So Adam, I'll start with you and Vitaly Asi. Absolutely. You know, here, basic blocking and tackling, uh, we've gotten away from. We've mm -hmm. been, uh, it's been very easy for us to sell cars. Gross profit's sure. been very easy to hold. And, and people are, consumers are buying more F&I products than they ever, ever have before, ever. Uh, economic uncertainty, vulnerability in the marketplace, inflation, political uncertainty. There's all these things that have driven customers to want to protect themselves. But here's what dealers have to do now. Uh, this year, more than ever, We've got to make sure the dealer has, A, the right suite of products in their stores. B, they've got to make sure they're in the right profit share program. Dealers have an abundance of opportunities in the form of reinsurance and dealer-owned warranty companies. And now it's up to the F&I department to pick up the slack because margins are shrinking. So dealers must pay attention to their F&I operations from the sky. They need to stand up in the sky yeah. and look down and get granular and really take a look at everything that they're doing from a process standpoint, an accountability standpoint, and most importantly, a coaching and mentoring standpoint. Because yes. you can have the right products um, and you can have some process. And with, if you don't have accountability and you don't have professional coaching and mentoring on top of it, you're not going to scale, you're not going to maximize, and you're absolutely not going to dominate. Uh, Vitaly, you can back me up, my brother. <laughs> so here, it's a really interesting time because this is when it's going to be weeded out from the strong and the weak. Yes. You've had a bunch of finance managers. Which I like, by the way. I actually, I, I think it's going to be a good thing. Absolutely. Honestly. No, here, it's always good to purify and to know who's real and who's not. 100%. You've had a lot of finance managers that they're just tripping over money. There's nothing they can do wrong. Everything just works. Everything falls into place. Everyone buys everything. But here's the problem. Right now, all those guys have gotten relaxed. Yes. They've gotten used to the fact that this is Sales, normal Salesmanship's gone away. Yep, exactly. Yep, I'm with you. You know what I mean? When you have customers coming in and you tell them, oh, the car is going to be here in six months. Oh, you're going to pay 10000 over a list. And they just say, okay. Unfortunately, mm. as, as nice as I'll that is. I'll take two. I'll take, yeah, take two. two. Yeah, yeah. As nice as that is, they can't last forever. And this is when, like I said, the strong from the weak are really going to separate. Yes. The people who invest in training and development are the people who are going to shine. Because everyone who's relaxed over all this time has to sharpen their skills and have to remember we're still salesmen at the end of the day not everyone's not just going to come in and lay down in front of you and say i'll take it all so you have to really invest in your people invest in the process invest in the procedure and make sure that you have the right suite of products because 100%. you can't just offer the customer everything and have them expect to buy everything you have to make sure that what you have is a true benefit to what they need and is going to help them in the long run because if you can't justify the product it's not going to be sold uh, you're absolutely right. You know, I, kind of listening to you, I, I kind of keep going back to what I call the three pillars of success is people, process, and technology. Exactly. Right? And I tell you, you know, like I said, I, typically when I see a dealership not succeeding the way they should be, it's usually one of those three or a combination of all three, unfortunately, right? But it's people, process, and technology. And now we're having to get back to the. So when I hear the word get back to the basics, I cringe a little. 
But then I think, you know, no, these are my basics. My basics are my people, my process and my technology, right? And how all three of them need to kind of work together, jive together, feel good together in the benefit for the consumer, to, for the consumer, right? Now, let's talk a little bit about the box. <laughs> Just saying it makes me Home. giggle. Did you guys? Okay. Yeah, this is a funny story, right? I was, I was at a dealership. Uh, I'm just going to sit and kind of out in the lounge area and I'm just kind of waiting for, you know, the, the dealer principal to be completed. We're going to go out and get some lunch together and stuff like that. And so I'm just kind of waiting down there. And, and this, this, this younger gentleman finishes, finishes his deal and he's all super excited. You know, he's collecting all the paperwork and then he just goes, okay, okay, okay. You, all you got to do is just go meet my manager so-and-so in the box. I'll take you. <laughs> just, he almost paused. He's like, shit, did I just say that out loud? Um, you know, but it's all I, over at that point. But, you know, look, I think it's fitting uh, for what we called it. Um, you know, the fact that we called it the box, I think, is fitting. But I don't think that's what it needs to be anymore. No. I think it needs to be an F&I experience. And I'd love to get both you guys' professional opinions on how we can generate an experience and get away from the box. <laughs> First of all, the box is taboo. I, I don't want to hear any of my F&I people refer to it the box now. <laughs> us, I think it was an accident. Us, he, I think us, he looked bad when he said it. Us <laughs> three chatting it up. Industry veterans, yes. we can talk, we can call it the box and slang conversation, but here's the deal. It's a business office. That's what it yes. is. And what we do in F and I, we 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 truly overcomplicate this sometimes. Let's break it down to its most simplest form. What we do in F and I is we provide solutions to problems that our customers don't always realize that they have first. That's what mm -hmm. we do, okay? Our job is to offer solutions in the form of F&I products that are gonna enhance the ownership experience, happily engage them in our service department, so then in turn, they'll come back and buy another vehicle. Everything I preach on both of my NADA workshops called the Servant Leading F&I Manager, it's about dealer retention. We don't, we don't coach on dealer retention. Have you ever heard a trainer go in and work with an F&I manager and do a training session based on retention? No, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Because I, I hate to say it, like, and I think what you're talking about is some very proactive dealers, all right? Some yeah. great operators because our industry, and Vitaly, I'm going to come to you because I really want to no, hear your thoughts on this, yeah. but, 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 but our industry has not treated the business office that way, right? I am 100% with you, Adam. I believe the business office is there to actually enhance the customer experience, and we build the business office for the customer, not for ourselves. But we know, we know that is not the majority of the cases out there. Business offices are built for the benefit of the dealership and its profitability that they don't have a mindset of, no, I'm doing this and I'm providing and I'm reviewing these products and solutions to better their overall ownership experience. So I'm with you. I think a great dealership does exactly what you're talking about, but I, I think we still have a ways as far as the majority, but we do, we have some work to do. But I'm telling you what, we're moving in the right direction. I'm I proud of that. I'm very proud that I'm we are. seeing technologies in there that are yep. assisting, all right, in making sure that we kind of move in that direction. All right, Vitaly, for yourself, the, the F&I experience, how do you think it is and what do you think it should be? So you said the exact right thing, experience. And that's the key word, is experience. So in my opinion, dealers that have F&I managers are really going to struggle moving forward. Dealers that have F&I professionals are the ones that are going to thrive. Okay, I like that. What does a professional mean? Professional means someone that gets involved in the sale from the very beginning before the customer actually became a customer. When they were still just a consumer, what did you do? Did you make yourself available? Are you helping the desk? Are you getting involved in service? Because yes. guess what? Finance is the best friend to service. Finance feeds service. If you do your job right, they're going to love you and they're going to support you and help you grow. So that's the difference between a manager and a professional. 
and only the professionals are going to succeed moving forward. For sure, for sure. I look, there's been a lot. I know, guys, this is my next question because I always like rustling some feathers. So uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure we can rustle some feathers here. Let's go. Let's <laughs> I do. actually really like that. Let's do that. Let's do that. I like doing it too. Um, I have seen some um, pretty unique models around the business office, right? And um, I'm not necessarily thinking that in, there's any one way to do this, to be totally honest with you. I have seen, I, 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 we, look, we definitely have seen the model of a, a, a one contact model where the salesperson is also the, the business manager at the same time. Uh, I've actually seen groups uh, during, during the pandemic and now have embraced a centralized business office versus having multiple having business uh, professionals or business office professionals at multiple locations are actually centralizing and using this amazing video technology that now the entire world has adopted to all right and is accustomed to but i'd love to kind of get your guys's thoughts on what is the most effective business office model that you guys have seen adam i'll start with you and then Natalia, i see the same thing you know when it comes to technology i mean here let's let can i back up for a minute sure, there's a couple things that first of all have to happen okay for the F&I process to be seamless and frictionless, we've got to do a couple of things. We've got to get involved in the transaction early. We've got to communicate well with our desk, their pre-op or post-op. We've got to understand what they were thinking. We then have to give the customer time expectations. So when we meet our customer after the deal's a deal, let them know time expectation. I call it resetting the clock. You don't want to tell a customer, hey, you're going to be in my office in five minutes, and then 25 minutes, 35 minutes, 45 minutes later, you're not. Now they're thinking you're a liar, they're on their phone, and they're upset. 100%. So we've got to lay out the groundwork, give them the right expectation, and then we you do need to use technology. There's some incredible, incredible menu technologies out there from Darwin. I'm a big fan of MenuMetric. I'm a partner of MenuMetric. There's great technologies that you can actually use to help customers select the product see customers don't mm -hmm. i'll tell you this customers want to buy the products <laughs> they don't want to be sold the products so using technology to elegantly display the products in a non-threatening atmosphere allows them to make decisions and they're in charge so i love how advanced some of these menus have gotten yes. i love the fact that you can you can actually email a menu on the fly or text a menu on the fly and have interaction on the menus there's some really great digital retailing pieces attached to these menus i think it's great i'm really i'm excited to see how far we take this thing too i'm excited i mean yes. old school everything was done on a paper menu i'm not saying there's i, I just want my people to use a menu Okay, I want yes. everybody to use yes. a menu. A menu of some on kind. Every yes, deal, and I'm struck. You know, if you look in the country, not everybody's using a menu. There's still people, believe it or not, that are still step selling. Of course, but from an example from like DocuPad, I mean, you could put all your presentations right out on the DocuPad. Mm -hmm. You've got so there's the technology is a great aid and tool to F and I. But here's the problem. Here's a problem. Most F&I people are using 30 to 40% of the capabilities of the technology. We're not even utilizing the full technology that's available to us. I think that's going to change as we grow and as we advance in the industry, but we're not using all the technology that we should. No. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're, we're, not. we're, 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 barely, we're barely scratching it. Not only are we not only using all the technology, but we're also not utilizing all of our resources, right? You know, I mean, how many how many F and I managers I see sitting there just twiddling their thumbs if something's not on, right? You know, we talked about this being a retention uh, process, and I'll tell you, one of the f first campaigns I did as an early F and I manager because I was not one to sit there and twiddle my thumbs. All right, was going through customers where their warranty has expired or it was about to expire. 
All right. This is old. This is OG. Yeah. And I still, I, I'd be amazed if one out of 30 dealerships I have talked to are running some simple retention-based kind of campaign like that. But Tally, I know you have some thoughts. So I'm going to let you. No, so here, technology is a great thing if you're utilizing the technology. Yes. Part of the problem in the industry is all this technology is there, but no one's training anybody on how to use it. You so go. you have the end user. They have everything at their disposal, and it's not even a willingness to use it. It's a knowing thing. Mm-hmm. If the finance professional, I almost said manager there, <laughs> program wanted to say, but I, I, the manager word's dead in my opinion. It's professional. If the okay. finance professional doesn't know how to use the technology, it's all pointless. And I think a big portion of it is knowing your customer. I think there's a really big divide. If you're talking to a blue-collar guy, you're going to put a DocuPad in front of him. I think it's going to scare him. It's going to intimidate him. Whereas if you're in the middle of Silicon Valley, that's what they expect. So technology is a real good thing, but you need to cater to your market first and foremost. You need to make sure that your customer that's sitting in front of you has Mm -hmm. the experience that they want to have, not the experience that you want them to have. For sure. For sure. And you know what? I've seen, like I said, I was just at a dealership and I thought you guys get a kick out of this. I thought it was really interesting is, is they had their, 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 their finance professionals come to the client versus the client coming to them. And I, and I thought this was very, I thought this was very unique because yeah. I get, I get caught up on little things. I like little things. You know what I mean? Like I just love little things. Right. And that's a different mindset. Right. I'm not going to take you out of this environment that you're currently comfortable with and put you into a brand new environment. And then th- th- you may or may not be comfortable with. I'm going to let I'm going to come to you in your environment where you've already kind of completed the deal with my iPad and take very much. So let's call it a a um, a um, Apple store kind of genius approach of really kind of reviewing what are these financial options that you have to protect this this large purchase that you just made. And I, I really dig this. Like, I really dig this. So why? You know, I, sorry. Anyways, I digress. I, I, I love little things. I get I get I find rabbit holes and sometimes I go down them. But I think little things make big, big experiences. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on what are some little things that we could be doing right now to really enhance this F&I experience. So uh, you, you, little things, uh, you know, growing up, I was always told uh, not to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Um, at some level, I, I can agree in, in, in the real world and personal, but in business, I sweat the small stuff. It's the little details. It's the little things that make all of the difference in the world. So there's a lot of things that we can actually do that will benefit and set F&I up later. One thing that is a non-negotiable, F&I has to get off of their butt. Get, well said. Get, out, of, get yes. out of your ivory tower. Yes, the, it's the, your favorite song cannot be me 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 anymore. It's got to be we 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 we. Yep. We forget sometimes. F and I managers forget what we really do. From the porter to the dealer principal, we sell cars. We sell cars. Yes. Unless there's a car sold, F and I doesn't have an opportunity to help them with products, right? So the F and I managers got to get up out of their chair, meet the customer on neutral ground. Now you said something just now that I actually really do like. So getting out of your office in a neutral, safe environment and sharing your product protection options at the sales desk is not a bad idea. I have a lot of stores that adopt that and they do that and they're having a lot of success. They feel less threatened, less intimidated, and it actually works. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad. It was music to my ears when you just said that. Hey, look, it's little things, right? It's little things that make big differences. I'm going to tell you another little thing I used to tell uh, my well finance managers or finance professionals. Keep the Rolex at home. 
All right, take it off. Go ahead. Do I, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, right? Like, no, no, but seriously, though, right? No, you're right, though. Keep the bloody thing at home. Yeah. Okay. I, no and one you know wants what? to see the person in front of them. I don't. I don't. Need, I, I don't need the five thousand dollars. Yeah. Suit, all right. Go to Men's West Men's Warehouse. Pick up a two hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. All right. Or you know, if anything, wear the exact same setup of whoever the sales is. Like I just always kind of it, it's intimidating. Of course. So here be. I am. I just bought a car. Right. From this nice young lady and this nice young gentleman in a, in a polo. It was just incredibly energetic and, and just really was intentful in serving my needs. I and like here that. Comes, serving your needs. That's a yes, big one. Yes. And then here comes the finance manager, all right, in a $5,000, you know, fashionable men's suit and a $10,000 Rolex. And I'm going, I, 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 I kind of I like, I like her. Can I continue to? I don't want to. I mean, no, no, no. I don't know Rolex. You know. Anyways, I digress. No, small I, things, small I've seen things. situations where I've had customers ask for the salesperson to go in the finance office with them because they see the person that you're describing. They get intimidated, but they're comfortable with that one. Otherwise, they wouldn't have bought the car to begin with. And that tells you right there and then that you have a problem. Yes. You're not portraying yourself the right way to the consumer. Yes. But back to the little things versus uh, big things. So I think a lot of these dealers haven't really looked at the structure of their department. In years. Don't disagree. And their product suite. What are they even offering people? And I think a lot of them have to take a step back and kind of relook the whole situation and say, listen, we're in a completely different time, but you still have your department operating like it's in the 90s. Yes. And no one's doing anything to stay current. Yes. Is your, is your product suite there for the benefit of the dealership or is the product suite there for the benefit of the customer? If you're not benefiting the customer, you're not benefiting the dealer. Exactly. At the end of the day, the customer is what comes first. There is no dealer without a customer. 100%. The other thing is, is what advocates do you have in the dealership? Is the sales manager in your court? Is the salesman in your court? Because here, as many dealerships I've worked at, the salesman always thinks that guy sits in his office he makes more money than me, and all he does is hit the keyboard a couple times. Yeah, they have and, no and concept. I just, and of I it. just sold a Hyundai Elantra with eight hundred dollars in gross profit, and this guy's coming out of his office, uh, uh, and hollering about his yeah, four pounder. Exactly. So the question <laughs> is: Is what are you developing, doing to develop an advocate? Yes. Are you making sure that you're helping that salesman make that deal? Are you picking up the phone and helping them do phone calls, bringing customers back in? Are you sitting at the desk helping the sales manager close a deal? Yep. Who's in your corner? That's who makes a difference. Look at it. I look at it from a restaurant perspective. You know, my my uh, my mom's always been in the restaurant industry, right? And you know what? We know the most important part. You know, being in the restaurant is you take care of the back staff, right? Like you take care of them. You know, yeah. maybe a few tips, a little bit yeah. of your percentage here. You go there. You. T- you take care of them, but but to, but to your point, right? Like, are we really taking care of the team, and how and how do we get advocates? Well, you got to take care of these. I'm people. I'm still remembering the you finance manager that flings the deal because there's a driver's license that's missing. Yes. Before even asking the question, does he have a driver's license with him? Are we going to run to his house afterwards? Maybe there's more to the story. I agree. Maybe you need to work with that salesman, train him, and help him be a better salesman to help do your job. I love it. Anything else you'd like to add, Adam? No, I'm here, Vitaly. You hit the nail on the head. I know, right? You hit the nail on the head. I mean, we have to be more urgent to serve than we are to sell, and we have to get involved. We have to get unity. There's all these things. And here's the thing. The F&I 
professional has the ability to create these relationships. Yes. We have to get out of our own way. Spend five <laughs> minutes with our sales manager in the That's morning. Right. Let them know how much we appreciate you. Hey, Mr. Sales Manager, do you have any deals that I can actually uh, get prepped and ready for you? Can I do some manager callbacks? Oh, by the way, do you have to run to the bank today? You want to run to lunch? Let me sit your chair for you, Mr. Sales Manager. I'm here. Advocates. Pull, pulling your salespeople aside. Let them in the morning. How Support much, how that much you appreciate them and respect them. Train them on your F&I products. They don't Absolutely. need to know how to sell them, but they need to know that they are super secure. When they send their customer into our office, they know they're being taken care of. We do not spend enough time doing these things. No. And we absolutely have to going forward. I love it. I love it. And you know, look, that now supports the larger dealership experience, right? Hey guys, look, I know we're at the tail end of our time. Um, this has been a seriously great podcast. I can tell between the three of us, we could easily go a lot oh, longer. Oh yeah. <laughs> easily go a lot longer. Because for, uh, we have true sure. passion for That's it. Right. That's why. We do. We do. We love this stuff. We, we love it. Uh, but hey, before I let you guys go though, for everybody out there watching and listening right now, who would uh, love to kind of connect with you guys, learn more about what's going on, or even follow along with your journey, what's the best way to do so? You can just, I'm everywhere online. It's, it's <laughs> You're going to find me online. So just Adam Marburger online, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I don't do much with the old Instagram. I had Tic Tac, uh, or Tic Tac, whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't use that very much, but I'm pretty easy to find online. And I love to connect. For those that want to grow, I want to know, let's meet. That's awesome. Absolutely. So here, me and Adam... You can get a hold of us the exact same way. I'm probably on TikTok a little more than my wife is happy with. But um, here, we're on Facebook, AscentDealerServices.com. Here, if anyone in the industry is genuinely looking to grow to level up, it doesn't hurt to have a conversation. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks so much for taking the time Thank to you. with me. This, this has was been great. a lot of fun. You guys have a great day. Yeah, right? this was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.